Good morning. So great to be in God's house with you that was live with us and those of you that are joining us online. In the first service, we were live streaming the Gospel Rescue Mission. We do that the first Sunday of every month for those that are residents there that are just starting the program because they can't leave there for 30 days. And so we have the blessed privilege that we've been invited to do that. And so we live stream our service down there. Some of our uh, leaders, I know Gene's down there with them and helping out and uh, appreciate everybody that does that stuff and serves at the Gospel Rescue Mission, King Challenge, the other places and Springboard and all that. Yeah, God's good. Looking forward to it. You pray for us. We'll be down there this week with some things that are going on and just asking God to move in their lives as well as ours. So today we are celebrating an amazing day with him. And I want you to know that as I've been preparing for today and being in the service and this morning, I just felt like this incredible urgency from God. I don't know what all that means. I just feel it. I sense it. It's God just like pulling and drawing us. And I want everybody here to know, everybody that's listening, I know that some people watch the service through the week and different times, wherever you are, whenever you are, when you hear God's word, as you worship in the singing and then you hear the word of God being brought, that God is up to something right now, stirring and calling and moving in us, and there is an urgency in the moment. Now, I'm not like saying that in a negative, bad way. I'm not saying it like, hey, get ready, Jesus is coming this week. What I'm saying is God's doing something, and I sense an urgency inside of me that we can't allow ourselves to be distracted. The enemy's all about distracting you. He wants to get you off somewhere else in your head, in your conduct, and things that are going on in your life, and God is calling us right now, right here, to hear what he has to say to us and to reveal himself to us. This is an incredible time of year as we celebrate what God has done for us. Oh, man, he's amazing. And as we do, we're looking forward to two weeks from now being Resurrection Sunday, celebrating as a church. So, you know, we'll have the two services, 9, 15, and 11, like always. We'll have a little continental breakfast between services, so you don't have to rush out and get breakfast. So maybe you'll be here a little longer than usual, but that would be on you, not on me. I won't keep you. It's just saying that's going to happen, all right? And prior to that, on Good Friday, which is April 15th, by the way, we will have a Good Friday service, and we'll have communion together at 6.30. Love for you to take the time to be there, man. I mean, Jesus gave his life for us on that day where he made the sacrifice for you and I to have the opportunity in the whole wide world to have a relationship with God. It's amazing. So we will come together and celebrate that. And prior to all of that, next Sunday, we will have a baptism celebration on Palm Sunday to celebrate what God is doing. And so we want to encourage you, if you have not been baptized or if God's been speaking to you about being baptized in your faith, maybe before you did it, but it wasn't really in your faith relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm not a person that believes in one dunk and you're done. All right, and that doesn't mean I'm going to pick you up and put you back down. I'm just saying, like, it's a, it's a matter of when we are engaging God in faith and we have a relationship with him and we recognize what that means and what that is, and God calls us to a baptism of our faith, we need to respond. And so I don't care how many times you've been baptized in your past, what I care about is what is God saying to you today? The water itself is not going to magically transform you. It's your faith in God that transforms you, but you recognize that, and the baptism is a testimony of what God is and has been doing in your life and planning for what he has for your future. And so if God's speaking to you about that, you know, sign up and let's do it. We'll uh, do it in both services, whoever needs to get it done. All right, so today... By the way, there's an art thing this Friday, so you can look at that in the bulletin. You all know all that stuff because you check your app and your emails in the bulletin. You're all well aware of what's going on. So um, today, we shouldn't have laughed at that, but 
today. <laughs> There's an urgency, remember? Let's bring it in. Ready? God has an urgency for us. And today, as we enter into this moment of our lives, I look at this and I'm like, you know, we want to continue forward in some of the thoughts that God was bringing to us last Sunday. As last Sunday, we discussed the free will that we've been given the governance of this planet that we were given by God and how when we surrender that to the enemy, sin brought forth evil and darkness and all the stuff that's happened. And so innocent people or God people suffer along with the world by the consequences of sin on this planet. I hope you understand that. So it's not like God's not punishing you specifically for your sin. It's just the punishment of sin that we brought upon ourselves on the planet. And so it's going to affect us all because we're all going to die, right? And that is the consequence of sin. All right, but there's good news in that. There really is. Even though that doesn't sound like good news, there is good news in that. So we're going to look at what God has to say to us. But what God wants us to see this morning is as we continue forward, we're looking at the fact that we do face challenges, even if we're Christians. And bad things happen to us. And things don't change just because we love God. Sometimes they do. And God is the author of the sometimes. And we, as his people, need to learn to trust him, even if it's not our time. But it's someone else's. So as we look at what God's saying, and we see that the fact that stuff happens to us in our lives or stuff doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. Stuff still happens because ultimately the sin in this world impacts our life. So we're going to look in God's word and we're going to see some things that even when we perceive things to maybe be from the devil, evil, and darkness, it's not always that. But sometimes we perceive that in the situations that we're facing in our life. So as we look into the Word of God, we're going to look at some things that God wants to speak to us about and we need to open our hearts to. It's found in John chapter 11. Now the event that we're looking at does take place right before home Sunday, next Sunday, the triumphant entry. One week, that is, before the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we're right in line with history. So I know that um, modern humanity is doing everything they can to destroy history. The history of our country, the history of our world. Everybody's rewriting everything and telling us all of a sudden like they found everyone's personal journal and they're letting us know what they were really like. It's like, all right, we never thought everybody was good. But church, like one thing I can tell you, the history book of the Bible is the same and it is true history and it cannot be changed, and it will not be changed, for it is God's word. Therefore, I want you to understand that as we look in God's word, we are reading not just stories, but actual historical events that did take place, that are taking place, and that will take place. That's what I love about God. He's writing our history from the future. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Anyway, we don't want to get lost there, so let's stay with where we're going. All right. So here it is, John chapter 11. A man named Lazarus was sick. 
Uh, I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say something that I don't know to be fact, but I believe that we've never heard of this guy before in the Bible. He wasn't talked about until he was sick. <laughs> he lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. Oh, I've heard of them. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother, Lazarus, was sick. Now we have a connection in the story. Do you see it wasn't Lazarus? It's not about Lazarus. Listen, it is about Lazarus. No, it's not. Listen to this. This is something that God is speaking to us about relationship, who he is, and what he's up to. So in God's word, he's laying a foundation for us, and he's letting us know some things about these people that are going to be the center of our conversation, who they are, and the fact that they are people that have a relationship with Jesus. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Now, just, I love this, I do, and I'm not going to stop throughout the reading, but I have to do this, but it's funny how when we request things from God, how we remind him of things. <laughs> hey, your dear friend is sick. It's not like, hey, Jesus, Lazarus is sick. No, your dear friend. It's like, I'm pulling on your heartstrings. You need to do something. This isn't just keep down the road. No disrespect to the peeps that are here. Um, it's not just them. We're talking about your dear friend. The appeal right here is to the emotions and the heartstrings of their needs attention now. This isn't just somebody in the crowd, right? I mean, it's for real. That is what's going on here. I'm not reading into this. That's what's happening. The message coming to Jesus, your dear friend is very sick. Not just sick. There's something serious happening. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No. It happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Crazy little statement there, isn't it? He loved them, but he didn't move. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. <laughs> Finally, you notice the wording? He delayed. Finally, he said, let's go. <laughs> I want you to know right now before I do anything else, and I didn't even say this in the other service, but I just want you to know there will be a finally for you, <laughs> but only in God's time. <laughs> All right, so Mary and Martha and Lazarus obviously had a personal relationship with Jesus, right? I mean, it's obvious. They knew if Jesus came, he could heal Lazarus. They knew it. They absolutely believed that if Jesus was present, Lazarus would recover. No doubt about it. That's why they sent for him. They said so. Like, come, he's sick. We know, we know you. We have a relationship, and you need to get here now. We sang about that earlier, remember? God, I need you now. That's kind of the way we always are, isn't it? Because it's like, you know, I'm here. Where are you? Because right now is when I need you. Uh, I don't know about tomorrow. I don't know about I need you now. Show up. This is kind of the message that was sent, and this is the way we have a relationship. I won't blame you guys. I'm going to tell you that I sing that, and I mean that like I need you now, Lord. 
I need things to be changed, I want this, this, and this fixed, and it would be great if it was now. So they knew. So they sent. A real crisis is happening. A real relationship already exists. And I'm sure, I'm sure of it. It doesn't say it here, but I believe that you can read it in that, that Martha and Mary expected Jesus to show up right away. You see, later on when we read the, the rest of the verses, and we're not reading the whole chapter, so you don't have to worry, um, we're going to read some other verses as we go down, and later on you're going to see that where Jesus was was not that far from where they were. It was only a few miles. Like he could have showed up pretty quickly. And the expectation of them when they sent the message, I guarantee you, was that as soon as Jesus hears it's us asking, and it's Lazarus who's sick, he's going to drop everything and run over here. You know, church, do you see that? Like, there was no thought, and I don't mean this wrong, but it's the way we think, right? Because our crisis is what matters, and if you can fix it, you should do something now. And we're not just talking about God. We're talking about people and pastors and things like that. But we won't go there. So let's just stay right here where we are. This is the thing. Like, when Mary and Martha sent the messenger, they knew where Jesus was. They knew how far it was. And I would just imagine, and I am just, I'm not reading into the Bible. I'm using my brain and thinking of humanity. I'm thinking they were probably looking like, well, it takes this long for him to get there. It's like this, the message received him to end whatever's going on in him. He will be here by. <laughs> I mean, don't you think that's the, do, do we do that? <laughs> you know, I'm always telling him what I expect from him. And I'm always expecting him to do it way sooner than he actually does. And I want us to notice this as we read the scripture. There is intentionality in the delayed response to a life and death crisis with someone whom Jesus loved. There was an intentional delayed response to a crisis. It's like, that's not a loving God. <laughs> Wait a minute. He knew, he loved, and he waited. <laughs> that don't work. <laughs> because you see, the way we think of love in our culture today is if you love me, you'll prove it. If you love me, you'll perform. If you love me, it's going to show and not responding is definitely not the way to show you love me. But there it is. Right here in the Word of God, it specifically states, though he loved them, he delayed. <laughs> All right. So in their minds, facing the situation, it absolutely was critical that Jesus showed up immediately and changed the situation. And we see in the Word of God that although, and that's exactly what the Word of God says, although, although he loved them. Isn't that cool how we, I mean, remember John's writing this to us, telling us through the power of the Holy Spirit the events that took place. Although he loved them, he delayed. 
And then finally he moved. <laughs> so church, please hear this. Please everyone hear this. The delay had nothing to do with Jesus not loving them. Just because your life and death crisis isn't responded to immediately by God doesn't mean he doesn't love you. <laughs> because your circumstances haven't changed and you've been talking to him for a while and you've been telling him how now is the moment and it's not happening doesn't mean he doesn't love you. He loves you. If you have a relationship with him, he loves you and he's not ignoring you. He's up to something. God is always up to something. He is working in every situation. He always has a plan and a purpose in what he does and when he does it. And as often as I submit my calendar and my time frame and my list, he is yet to respond and say, I'm on it. <laughs> I mean, I'm like submitting that checklist and he's not like, you got it, Dave. Check, 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 check. You know, we're, we're on it. No, he's waiting. He's delaying in my mind most of the time. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you. It actually might mean he loves you. And what happens a lot of times in the Christian community is we're like, man, the devil's just up to something. He's like fighting overtime. He's all after me. I'm going through it. We're in the darkness. And hey, wait a minute, just a thought. Maybe it's not the devil, it's God. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. He loves me. He wouldn't do that. No. He waited two more days intentionally. <laughs> All right, so, you know, can we praise him in the delay, in the absence, in the crisis, when it's all falling down? <laughs> so let's go on reading here and see what happens. And I am skipping some verses. You're welcome. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. And now we'll go and wake him up. We already know this is like at least two days later, right? Okay. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he'll soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. I love that compassion moment right there, isn't it? <laughs> oh, good to hear. He's getting better. He's like, no, he's dead. <laughs> I mean, seriously, when you, like, can you put yourself in the disciples' shoes right there for a moment? <laughs> oh, God, he's doing better. No, he's dead. It's like, whoa. <laughs> Weren't we supposed to be there two days ago and you didn't go? Right? I mean, don't you think there was thoughts going on in their head like, that was not what I expected to hear? <laughs> okay. He doesn't just say Lazarus is dead. We're going to read the rest of it. This is So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. <sighs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> okay, so just put this into perspective. This is exactly what God's word just told us. Someone 
that is not in our inner circle of disciples, but I have a relationship with going through a crisis in their life, and they're having at it. And they're clueless right now about what's going on. And he says to this little group over here, I'm really glad I didn't do anything about that because something's going to impact your life forever. <laughs> you ever think about your situation? And maybe, just maybe, it's not about you. And maybe, just maybe, God loves you. And he's doing something so amazing in you, in the moment, in the delay, that he's going to transform someone else's life as a result. God's so awesome, isn't he? For your sakes. Hey, guys, come here for a minute. Let's huddle up. I want you to know he's dead. And like, this is awesome. <laughs> it's so crazy, man. You know, isn't it awesome how God does stuff like that? Just like totally out of the blue. Remember, we read the scriptures last week. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. See, the awesome part for me and you would have been like, God shows up in the however long it takes to get those two miles and probably should have ran. And then he heals immediately and we don't even face the funeral time. That's our awesome. Now God, Jesus is talking to them and he's like, yeah, I'm just glad I wasn't there because something amazing is about to happen. <laughs> for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. So Jesus makes this statement here that we need to look deeper at. Now you will really believe. It's a pretty significant statement right there because, see, they already believed. So what Jesus is saying is your belief is going to a new level right now. There's this newfound faith that you are going to experience through this crisis moment. <laughs> so, you know, everybody here, pretty much everybody, I would say all of y'all, probably believe. The devil believes, the demons believe, they all believe, the world believes. Jesus says you're really going to believe. There's something different in our faith when we truly, really believe in who he is. It's not just a belief. And, and a lot of times people, like, when I ask them about friends, family, associates, someone that's sick and dying, and I'm like, do they believe? Yeah, they, they believe. I, they don't really, and I'm like, you know, don't you think it's important that you would share with them <laughs> Jesus and their need of him? not just like well they do believe so does the devil church we got to get serious about our faith we've got to get serious about this relationship with God he's serious about it he's very serious about it we won't stay there now you really believe right now we have to look at something that God wants in our lives to take us deeper than we've ever been before to really believe and this is what God's asking that we would really believe in the crisis, in the illness, and in death. Not just afterwards, not just while we're between. What God is asking us to believe is to believe in Him, really believe, even in the crisis moment. It's easy for us to believe outside of it, but he's asking us to really believe in it. While it's happening, 
while I'm sick, while there's death present, while there's real troubles and trials and crisis in our life. God's saying, do you really believe in me? Even when there's a delay and he doesn't show up. <laughs> to trust God when he doesn't show up for your calendar, when he doesn't show up in your crisis, when your situation doesn't change, do you really believe? <laughs> See, we are given God's history book, the word of God, looking at the past, the present, and the future, and God saying, this is who I am. Do you believe me right now? <laughs> so, When God doesn't appear to show up at all, and sometimes that happens, you know, it appears that he doesn't show up at all. Um, it's a call to us as people of faith to know that God is up to something, even if it's not about me, and he's using that situation to transform the lives of others. So I'm gonna trust him no matter what. So when Jesus says, let's go, Lazarus is dead, they make the journey. We read again the scriptures, but starting in verse 17, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. So uh, we're going to keep reading, but just a delay here, just to say something about that. Um, in the back where I come from, back in the Midwest, and not that long ago, the, the normal thing for us to do when someone died, I'm saying normal, I, I'm not saying it was the right way, I actually think it's not good. But, you know, we would have a viewing from one to three days and then a funeral and it's over. Have a dinner afterwards and we move on with life. Not that we don't hurt, don't misunderstand me, but what I'm saying is, is there's that viewing time, that mourning time, there's the funeral service, there's the grave time, have a dinner together and then everybody goes back to life. That was the normal practice for our culture. So I look at this and I'm like, here it is. It says Lazarus has been dead for four days. Now they have a different culture than us. I get it and I know about that. But put it in the perspective of us today and it's like we're, we're trying to restart our life already. <laughs> you know, it's like we're starting to cope with the fact that that person's gone and they're not gonna be part of my life anymore. So we're trying to deal with that. That's where we're at in that process. So as we look at this again, we want to read this, and here's the part that it talks about how close Jesus was in the moment of crisis. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been dead in, the, in, in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. So we already know he was in the proximity, just not present. <laughs> and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you'd been here, my brother would not have died. You see the faith that's there? Listen to that. Like, I sent for you. I know you could have changed the situation. <laughs> and things would be different today than they are if you would have showed up. Here's the next statement she makes. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he 
will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Isn't that awesome? I'm just going to pause for a second. I want us to get this. They already had a belief in the resurrection at the end when God's going to call all of us forward. And Jesus says, wait a minute. I want you to know something. Those who are in relationship with me don't ever die. We may breathe our last on earth, but we're breathing the next breath with him. So there is that moment of truth where that transformation happens. Remember Jesus told the, the guy on the cross, the thief that was dying, today you will be in paradise. He didn't say someday we'll be in heaven together. He said today. Church, we need to understand this thing called death and the fact that we are ever present with the Lord or absent from him once we breathe our last here. And he makes it very plain here to Martha and to us in the scriptures about that truth. But let's not get hung up there like I already did. He, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. That is an awesome thing right there. Isn't that great? I mean, Martha is just like, she's laying it out there. She's letting him know Martha's love and faith in Jesus are totally obvious. We already saw previously that they loved Jesus and Jesus loved them. There's a reason for that. Martha had incredible faith and she knew who he was. She believed in him completely. So now, Lazarus is in the grave. Martha's face to face with Jesus. And she makes these incredible, strong, transparent statements to him. If you only been here, my brother would have not have died. So she's being honest and transparent about her situation. She's letting him know. She knows that if he'd have came in the beginning, things would have been different. But she also goes on to say, but even now, I know that you can do something. Now, that's not the exact word, and you know that. She's saying that to him. Whatever you ask of God, he'll do it. I know that. So I know you can still do something. That's what Martha just said, right? You hear that? Even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. So this, this kind of inner turmoil we see within her is within us. When we look at the situation I sent for you, and if you just showed up when I asked, this would not have happened and we would not be where we are. But I still know who you are and I believe that you can do something even today. You know that? You, church, I know you know that. And I know you've probably prayed similar prayers and had that kind of faith in the moment. I know you. I proclaim you. I love you. You love us. I've always believed. So here she is face to face with Jesus. And in this moment, she has this incredible faith, incredible belief. So now let's look further at what God wants us to learn through this engagement and situation. The word of God says there in chapter 11, and we're starting in verse 30 now, Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. 
When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, she'd got a message Jesus was there. They assumed that she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep, so they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, <laughs> same thing, Lord, if only you'd been here, my brother would not have died. I want you to know that, you see, um, we all have the same kind of feelings when God doesn't show up for our crisis. We all do. She didn't know what Martha said. This was in her heart. She's like, yeah, man, we sent for you. Here we are. He's dead. <laughs> when we face these challenges in life, and it appears that God's not showing up, he's not moving, he's not doing something Many of us feel that way. We do. We really do. And we have to confess that. Like, why didn't you do something, God? I, I've always been faithful. I've always, not, you know what I mean, in our walk with you, you know, we're making our statement and our claim. We have a relationship. You love me. I love you. We're, we're in this thing together, you know? <laughs> why? <laughs> why haven't you already been here? Why didn't you already change it? Where would you? Where, why, where were you? Why wouldn't you? course you would <laughs> this is the word of God we go back to it when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled <laughs> as Jesus saw the consequences of sin and death and the crisis of life and how we mourn it's like <laughs> I love that where have you put him, he asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. The people were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him? But some said, this man healed blind men. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Isn't that crazy, even in the onlookers? Everybody's got the same thoughts. Like, where were you? <laughs> you did something for Pete down the road, but here's Lazarus, you love him. You're crying now, where were you? <laughs> it's kind of crazy how we all have that same thought in the old head there, isn't it? Like, hello? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're coming to this critical moment right here. We're in this moment, and this critical moment is for us. A Jesus encounter. The word of God says Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. <laughs> There's something different about Martha today. Something's different about Martha's words. I am not being critical of Martha. I want us to hear what's going on here. See, here's the way I view this situation happening. When Martha ran outside the city, she was only with Jesus. And when she was face to face with Jesus only, and the grave was somewhere else, she was like, I know who you are. I know what you can do. I know even now God can do something. Now she's with Jesus, 
but she's looking at a grave. And looking at the grave, she's like, I can smell the death. That's the reality of my situation. Over there was just me and you. It was awesome. And I had incredible faith. But now that I'm looking at it, now that I'm about to get a smell of it, now that I see the reality of it, you really don't want to open the door, do you? See, something happened. Church, please see this. Jesus delayed intentionally for the smell, for the rottenness, for the undeniable death. And while looking at the death, she's like, you really don't want to go there. Forgetting all about, I know, seeing what I know. See, the statement I know over here was a statement of faith. The statement of I know over here is one of human reality. Polar opposites. Remember the words of Jesus in the midst of all this? <laughs> really believe. Huh. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. I know you're the Messiah, the Savior of the world. But right now, I don't know what you can do about what is there. See, church, when we gather together for worship, which God has called us to do this, to be encouraged, challenged, convicted, taught, all that stuff, and love Him and worship together, when we're in church... It's like that kind of moment where it's like, oh, I believe. <laughs> yes, you are God. It's that face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus that's undeniable. And we have great confidence in church, in worship. And those times we're in private prayer and devotion with God where God shows up and it's just me and him and we're away from the world. Because you see why we're here right now? We're not, we shouldn't be, thinking about what's happening in the world around us. The crisis over there in Ukraine and Russia and the shortages and the gas prices and all of that stuff. And I'm reminding you, you're welcome. See, all that stuff that's going on is real. That's a real crisis. But when we come into the church, we kind of close the world out for a little bit. And now we're in the presence of God and it's like, oh, it's so great to be with you, God. Isn't it freeing? You know that liberty, that amazing sense of God as we worship Him together. It's those moments and it's like, oh, I believe you can do anything. And we go home. <laughs> and by Wednesday, we're looking at the tomb. And the smell is about to burst in our face. Sorry, the tomb was over there. <laughs> it's about to hit us in the face. We're looking at that on Wednesday. And we don't feel the same. We don't believe the same. I don't mean we're denying him. I mean, I want us to hear this. See, we're not making the same bold statements of faith on Wednesday that we were on Sunday. And so Jesus is like, look, the whole reason this is happening, the reason why Wednesday is coming is so that you'll really believe not to make you not believe it's to help you 
believe. <laughs> oh, is he awesome or what? <laughs> so we face the reality of our situation, and now what? This is what Jesus said. So he plainly told them, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. All right, so I want you to hear this, church. God wants us to hear this. He wants Dave to hear this. He always has a plan, and he's always up to something. Just like we sing in our, that song that we sing. You know, God is doing something. This morning we sang, he's the same God. He's all doing that stuff. And you didn't notice also how we said we need you now. <laughs> the songwriter wrote that in there, and we're singing it, and we're in agreement. You know, God, I need you now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, come on, do it, you know. But he's doing something. And so when we sing that song, God is doing something. He's moving mountains. He's saving someone, miracles. He's healing someone, all that stuff, you know. The first time we sang that, I'm like, Lord, I want to make sure I can sing this properly. I'm like, oh, you are doing that. Somewhere in the world, someone's being saved right now. Someone is being healed right now. God is moving mountains and making a way for someone, even if he's not for me. <laughs> right? So as we sing that, I'm making that, as I worship in that song and I'm singing those words to him, I'm making a proclamation of faith in him, knowing that he can and knowing that he will, if and when he so chooses in my life, because I know who he is. So it's easy to sing that song and believe it and know it's happening. And I am super excited whenever we sing that song. Seriously, I get so excited inside of myself thinking like, God, you know, all the angels of heaven are like, yeah. And everybody's like, yeah, look at that. You know, and there's people that are bowing their knees before Jesus across the planet. <laughs> He's doing something, man. But church, I want you to see that God wants us to see that what God desires more than anything is for us to love him, trust him, and obey him. More than anything. More than anything. That you would really believe. Not after Lazarus comes forth, but really believe now that he is the God who calls forth Lazarus. That's who he is. I don't know what you've faced in your life. I don't. Some of you I do. Not everything. But we've shared some things. I've heard from you. <laughs> I know the pains that some of you have experienced. I know, as we've talked about, some of you that have been abused, some of you that have abused yourself, the different situations of your life, and um, I don't know what some of you are facing now, but I know that some of us are facing some crisis right now that we need God to move now. I know that, and I know that's how we feel, and I know that's how we're praying, and we're asking him to show up, show up, show up. And sometimes we can get so weary that we think not only that he's not going to show up, that he's not even hearing us in the first place, and that maybe he doesn't love me like he does them. Because that's not truth. He 
loves you. And God's doing something. Remember what Jesus said to the disciples. You believe, but you're really going to believe. When you watch what happens in this family's life, you are going to be transformed. Just maybe. I'm not saying it is. But whatever situations you've gone through in your life, whatever crisis you faced, maybe it is there for someone else's faith. Isn't that okay? I don't know what we'll face in the future. I do know this, and this is not a gloom and doom prophetic moment. It's a truth moment. We're going to face difficulties in the future. Don't even care about, I mean, I care. Don't misunderstand that. I don't care about financial issues of our country and the world. I don't care about food shortages. I don't care about war. I care about those things, but what I'm saying is, in spite of any of that kind of stuff, we're going to still face crises. On a personal level, you and I are going to deal with stuff. Knowing that, looking at that, and knowing what comes in our future, at the same time, I don't want to just all leave it there. We're going to have great times too. Even through those. But please hear this. See, God is calling us to believe him in this moment and in future moments because the moments are coming. You and I are going to die. The only thing that's going to keep us from dying is Jesus coming back. And, and I'm asking for that to happen. You know, before I get too decrepit and old, I'm like, you can show up now. I've lived my life. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to face death, do I? Let's, let's do this rapture thing right now. That'd be awesome. You know, at the same time, I'm telling him to do that. There's this 13-year-old kid like, I haven't got a chance to live yet. Please don't come. <laughs> I was that kid. <laughs> right? It's all happening. Here's the thing, man. He's God. And he's going to show up when he shows up, the way he shows up, the way he plans to show up. And mine and your crisis aren't going to change his calendar one bit. That sucks. <laughs> because, see, I only know what's going on with me. I see that out there. You remember when they sent for him? They didn't know what was happening in Bethany in the moment, did they? They didn't have a clue. I'm talking about Mary and Martha and Lazarus. They had no idea what Jesus was up to. They only knew their own crisis, and they knew he needed to leave whatever was going on over there to show up over here. That's the way we view things, from our perspective. That's all we see. And that doesn't mean God's not working in our perspective. It means he's working in and way beyond. He's amazing. He's so good. So God wants us to really believe he is who he says he is. And we need to really believe in every one of these situations of our life. So we will end the service different because I am committed to change. I want you to know that the door is open and the altar is open. Use one of them. We're done. God bless you. <laughs>